What's up, everybody? Welcome to a, another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people who stick out and people who have big doubts about the efficacy of vaccines. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts No Cap. What would Paul like you entail? If I think you was making you drink a, a, a natty ice. I don't know. I was doing a cover of uh, Mr. Lonely 911 by Tyler the Creator. So the next line would be 911, Paul me. <laughs> <laughs> Paul me sometime. Which I feel like I would call 911 if someone tried to Paul me. So Hey, I think Paul and someone is a nice thing. It's like when you, <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you scratch their back a little bit when you're given a hug. Actually, polling somebody is specifically when you win the luxury of being the one student that gets to uh, pie your principal in the face for like a charity <laughs> event. <laughs> That's exactly what getting a, getting polled is. That was always stupid because I always imagined it as like a really custardy pie, but they always just made it's it It's just like, whipped cream. Yeah, they just made it whipped cream. Yeah. It's like, That's not fun. I want a real pie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to cream pie my principal. <laughs> I've seen that enough times in those internet videos. I don't need to cream pie my principal. <laughs> this isn't that type of podcast. I'm sorry, Adrian. You've told me so not many times. Not that type of show. So how's your weekend going, buddy? Uh, good. I mean, we're nearing the end. I'm getting those little Sunday sads. Um, mm. But it's all right because it's cheering me up to be here with you. Damn, bro. I didn't know we were supposed to be sincere on this episode. <laughs> the topic is sincerity. I'm joking. It's not. It'll never be. It'll never be. That'd be a tough episode to get through. I did almost die. I swerved through like three lanes of traffic and then back through two. Because, yeah, somebody uh, somebody merged into my lane and I did the wrong thing, which instead of slowing down or just letting them scrape me because they were slowly merging into my lane, mm -hmm. I jerked the steering wheel. Uh, so I did... I did almost kill myself, but luckily nobody was to my left, but I did swerve through three lanes of traffic, readjust, end up swerving back to, and then just, it was like a near-death experience, and then just kept going on my way Oof, to the restaurant. Rough. Yeah. It was a good dinner, though, after. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And they saw some good oysters. Um, I think nice. it was called, it was called Good Sailor out in Davidson. Uh, so, yeah. Damn, Paul having that, that oyster money, just getting a dozen oysters. <laughs> I did get a dozen, and they sold them by the half dozen, so that's Oof. big money. That's big money right there. Did you pay market price? I, I, I did pay market price. <laughs> God damn, Paul. <laughs> yeah, good sailor out on Lake Norman and Davidson. Head, head out there, y'all. It's good. They got these like uh, alcoholic slushies out at the bar where it's like in oh, a cool. slushy yeah, yeah. machine. But it's, uh, they do that at a, a brewery near here, yeah. Yeah. They were good. Uh, pina colada and daiquiri. Yeah. Nice. That's what you paired with your oysters? You know what, Adrian? I did, everybody's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I paired with the... Uh, so I didn't have a full seafood meal. I paired that with the uh, steak sandwich I had after the oysters or the beef sandwich. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So I, I know I didn't so really So you're make... ordering oysters as an app. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, Paul. What? what a dozen oysters. Flex is... harder, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a half dozen oysters is going to fill me up. I was sharing this meal with someone. Okay. Okay. I getcha. What? You order oysters as a meal to fill you up? I've done that before. I, that's never going to fill me up. I thought you were allergic to sea shell food. To, uh, to seashell food. To seashell food. <laughs> I thought you were allergic to Sally sells seashells down by the seashore. <laughs> I am. No, I'm only allergic to shrimp and uh, crawfish. Okay. So is that like the type of allergy where it's like if you take a seashell and you try to listen to the ocean while you're at the beach, you, you blow it up? No, but it is the kind of one where if I do my Little Mermaid cosplay and I put little seashells over my nipples, <laughs> oh, that does okay. start to cause a rash <laughs> after a while. <laughs> I can see that. But, I mean, you look cute enough in that outfit that it's worth it. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, how about your weekend? Anything worth reporting on? Nothing much. I uh, celebrated a friend's birthday, so that was cool. We did an escape room, and uh, after having done my first escape room with Paul, my record is now zero and two. So going strong. Uh, apparently we were like, he sh- the guy showed us at the end. We were like two puzzles away from finishing it. So, and we had like a few technical difficulties that like lost his time and the air conditioning was broken in the, in the uh, building. So it was really, really hot while we were doing it. Um, so those are all my excuses for why we probably should have been able to do it. <laughs> we, we, we couldn't finish the escape room. So I'm recording from there, Paul, please come send help. <laughs> please come help me. <laughs> um, Cool, 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 cool. Did this one have a fun theme? I like how they all have different themes. Nope, just plain white room. It's called oh, really? Purgatory. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> of course, of course, it has a theme, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was you're a space pirate who went into another ship to steal some booty, but then you didn't realize that the first place you went into was a booby trap, and so you're stuck and have an hour to escape. Mm. You know what I I don't like about that? If I designed a jail, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't put a bunch of, like, fun clues around the room for somebody to escape the jail. I would. Oh, really? Yeah, that seems fun. I think you have a more whimsical style of life than I do. I think so, and I think I kind of have, like, a, a notion of, like, I'm Fairness. sure whoever I'm imprisoning is probably a bad person, but, like, they still deserve mental stimulation. I feel like that's probably, like, a, a human right as much as water and food, you know? Mm. What, you shouldn't what? be able to just put someone in a white box. I don't know what country it is. I think it's, like, a Scandinavian country. It's uh, the Netherlands the netherlands that has mm-hmm. <laughs> that has the you already know what i'm gonna say goddamn we talk too yeah. much <laughs> um, no i i found this one out independently i'm not this is not the, all original the the right to try to escape like where you can't yeah. be imprisoned for you can't you can't get additional punishments yeah. for trying to escape prison yeah because every human has the right to want to be free yep which is tight there's no way i wouldn't try to escape all the freaking time <laughs> well i don't know dutch prison seems kind of nice oh uh, you <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's a coincidence that like the country with the nicest prisons <laughs> focused on rehabilitation has like a rule they're like if you want to escape you can try <laughs> but you won't get ice cream it's ice cream a day that's what's on <laughs> it's troop waffle day in the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> if you're busy escaping there won't be any left <laughs> we're not allowed to add additional punishments but we might make you take an hour off of tv at night <laughs> if you try and escape <laughs> But we don't have to be extra nice. You know those Hershey kiss- kisses, we choose to provide those. We don't have to put them on your pillow every night. <laughs> so that was it. All right. You want to get into the theme? You want to do any uh, media roundup? Oh, media roundup. I totally forgot. What have I seen? Oh, 
I started watching Mayor of Easttown this week. So good. Uh, I just got to the third to last episode. I think it's like a episode season HBO show. Mm-hmm. It's uh, if anybody's seen Broadchurch, um, it's just like that. There's a ton of shows like that out there. It's like uh, it's one of those small town police officer uh, investigating a murder in the town, but also mm. her life is completely entangled in the you know the gossip and drama of the town. Mm-hmm. Um. And she knows everybody involved and all the potential suspects are people who the main and the main detective already knows. Mayor. She is mayor of East Town. Cool. Anything else? Um, no, yeah, Mayor of East Town. Definitely uh high rack. It, it was it's really good. Check it out, y'all. What do I have? And in terms of music, I've been listening to a lot of backwash, so uh, it's all it's all good. I haven't listened to your latest album all the way through, but Black Sailor Moon's really good, and it's a real fun time, and it's really short, so it's easy to listen to a couple times. And uh, uh, God has nothing to do with this. Leave him out of it is uh, very good as well. So both of those just sound like JPEG Mafia song titles. So should I check this out? Is this up my alley? <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely JPEG Mafia esque <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Black Sailor Moon and God has nothing to do. Leave her out of this. That's... Leave him out of this. Yeah, oh, leave it's him uh, out of this. that one you have to get on Bandcamp because she didn't get the samples cleared. Um, who is this? Zambian uh, artist who moved to Canada for college and makes music raps. Okay, cool. Uh, her most recent album you might not like, though, because it's very much like a uh, metal-infused uh, hip-hop thing. Who be a big yeah. But Black Sailor Moon is very much just like a straight hip-hop album, so mm-hmm. you would like that. And uh, that's it for me, Paul. Do you want to talk about this theme we got? Yeah, we got a theme here, and it's a doozy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot what it was for a second. Our theme for today is Odd Man Out. Where do you want to start with this? I don't know. In what ways were you the black sheep of your family, Adrian? In what ways was I the black sheep? You know, I've used that phrase to describe my family unit before, but never myself. So Mm. my family unit was very much the black sheep of our extended family because we weren't into organized religion. um, And we were definitely like the most assimilated of uh, my extended family. But for me personally... Uh, I don't know, I guess going back to what I was just saying about Backwash, like, yeah, I was, uh, I was one of those, uh, kiddos who was into really heavy music as a, as a teenager, and I think that was, um, that did not, uh, coincide with the tastes and palates of, uh, the people in my home. But other than that, fit in great. Great time. <laughs> I was the real jock of the Perez family. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I did actually play soccer, like, all throughout my childhood, whereas, uh, my brother didn't, and Dorley kind of went in and out of it. Mm-hmm. That'd be more like a sibling thing. My dad was in sports the whole time too. And you, Paul? Um, yeah, it's definitely the black sheep of my family. I was the, uh, I guess I was the ditziest. Um, mm. I was least interested in being organized and successful. Mm. This makes me sound like a real loser. I think it's within the context of my family's a bunch of real high achievers. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm also just often described as the weird one. Mm. Why did we start with family? Very little of this theme has to do with being the odd man out in the family. (laughs) That's not really what we picked our articles based on. Have you ever been... Well, maybe... Paul, have you ever tried to... uh, So, in kind of a uh, Sensu, um, the odd man out YouTube game show, Mm. the sensation, 
Yeah. Uh, as I read earlier today, YouTube's number one game show. Is it <laughs> um, really? Yeah. It's self-described, I think, by the channel where they like talked about how many like the average views they get on each video or whatever. But um, the idea is it's like, you know, five secret, five Democrats and one secret Republican. Uh, You know, they have to figure out who the Republican is. Um, Have you ever tried to hide any part of your identity or have you ever... uh? Have you ever tried to uh, pretend to be something that you're not before in, in an odd man out type sense? Mm. Also, Phil just texted me about how he just watched their most recent episode. <laughs> I'm trying to think, have I? For a lady or for a group of friends or for your parents? I mean, have you ever been around like in a, in a group of normies and they're all talking about Marvel and you're just like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I'll try yeah, not. Yeah. I'll try not to be the like guy who ruins it for everyone and be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, those movies are for fucking children. Why are we talking about this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or I've been in a group situation where all my friends were going to see. <laughs> I've been in this sort of situation multiple times. Once, once as an adult, all my friends were going to Atlanta to see a um, Imagine Dragons concert. Oh God. Um. Actually, oh my god, I never thought about this. And both times it was Imagine Dragons. It is that also happened in college. I've thought about the fact that I've been too uncomfortable to tell people that I think that band's shit, and that's why I don't want to drive all the way to Atlanta. I mean, it's a pretty popular opinion now. You should be safe now. Yeah. Um, but I've been in that situation two separate times, like seven years apart from each other. That's funny. Yeah. I never put that together till I was telling you this story now. I think both in Atlanta. <laughs> and you denied both of them? And I denied both of them, but didn't bother telling them that the reason was because I saw Imagine Dragons is a horrible, untalented band with really weird yeah. ballads, like really be- weird epic. I guess they kind of want to be Queen is almost their... T- well, not... I, I don't know. Like some of the like... It seems like every song wants to have that moment at like uh, what's like... and. Like, you just mean real anthemic rock or something? Yeah, like, that? like anthemic. Like it really wants to have that moment, like uh, with Freddie Mercury, like throwing up his fist. I feel like every Imagine Dragons song wants to have that moment in the song, and they're really like building that in. You can't, you can't it. write a song from the fist and reverse engineer a song from it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know if that resonates, but that's how I feel every time I hear it. I feel like it's this really like manufactured to feel epic sound that makes me like uncomfortable in a way. Damn, Paul, really, um, really punching down on Marvel movies and Imagine Dragons in this episode. <laughs> yeah, punching down on massively popular things that are beloved in our society. What's next? You're going to go after the Kardashians? <laughs> no, they're pretty cool. In comparison to Imagine Dragons and Marvel movies, much cooler. Also, when will somebody stick up for Rick and Morty? Too long has this show's now's, now's your chance. Too long has this show's good name been besmirched. I just watched the season finale. It was pretty good. That's part of my media roundup. Cool, 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 cool. Now that we've really dissected Rick and Morty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you were going off of uh trying to defend something that people That's... shit on or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We were just trying talking to take about a more trashy... riskier stance. I think we were just talking about trashy media, and I feel like Rick and Morty is there with Marvel, but I, I wanted to, like, stake my ground liking something that was cringy so that I didn't seem like I just exclusively shit on yep. things that are popular. You just seemed like you were just sipping on Haterade all day, baby. Yeah, you see? So I wanted to stake out some ground defending I mean, a much besmirched so, show. <laughs> exactly. And I'll defend Ted Lasso to my last breath. To your lasso breath? <laughs> 
All right, Adrian, how about you? I assume you have similar things where like you have like a, an opinion about something that you don't like. Just holding I, your tongue. Yeah, but I think you're a little bit more outspoken than me. You're not as concerned with offending people as I am. Like, yeah, I don't know. There was a time where uh, I realized, you know, you know how like sometimes you say things you don't realize they stick with people. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was playing Backwash for one of my friends, she was like, I, I know you're not going to like this, but this kind of sounds like Lin-Manuel Miranda to me. And uh, I, I forgot that the reason she said that is a long time ago. I mentioned haphazardly. I was like, I was reading this Reddit thread today. And weirdly enough, did you know that Stephen Hofstetter, Immortal Technique, and Lin-Manuel Miranda all went to high school together? Mm-hmm. And Immortal Technique bullied the other two. And that's when I realized Immortal Technique's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that just really stuck with her for that long. <laughs> and, she's, and that she was like, I know you're not going to like this, but this music kind of sounds like Lin-Manuel Miranda to me. <laughs> what sort of shitty ass rap music were you listening to that somebody compared it to Lin-Manuel Miranda? Well, you'll have to listen to Backwash because maybe uh, you'll hear it. Backwash? Somebody yeah, named dog. Backwash. I love the idea of you playing like uh like Ghost Maid for somebody. They're like, this really sounds like <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> like, Actually, I, mean, I think I did. I did make fun of that by like immediately being like, I, no, I can see that. Like, I'm Alexander Hamilton right over like the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, I haven't listened to Backwash's music, but that's so funny that anybody named Backwash would sound like Lin Manuel Miranda. I love it. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was one of those things where I'd like mention not liking something and not realizing how much it stuck with people. And um, a lot of those are just like so much of like things where like, I don't even know if I really dislike the thing that much. Sometimes I just go after things. (laughs) (laughs) That might be a byproduct of just being friends with me. I don't even think I hate Lin-Manuel Miranda that much, but I think I just love making fun of him. I would probably like Hamilton if I watched him, never watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Making fun of him is so fun though. (laughs) (laughs) I can um, see why I can see why Tech Nine made fun of him. He, he immortal seems technique. like a immortal technique. Which the th- the thing that I the reason I brought that up around her is because I remember her telling me that she was into rap once, and I was like, "Oh, who do you like?" And she was like, "Yeah, like Vince Staples and like Immortal Technique." And I was like, "Damn, you like people who really got their guns out." People, really, <laughs> that was not what I expected to hear from a person who was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of into rap." But here's to a be couple fair, the I intelligent like. people with their guns out. You know, she's not like yeah, yeah. just uh, just shooters. It's like the people who are like, "I'm sad about having had to kill people." <laughs> I danced with the devil and I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely think I've been more vocal in that. And like, if there's a group of people talking about something, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of corny. That's that's, just, that's bullshit. And of course, the rapper who's killed the most people of all, Lin Manuel Miranda, but he just doesn't <laughs> rap about it. The things that people do to get Hamilton tickets, he has inadvertently caused so many murders. Oh, I was thinking more of an American Psycho type situation, but either or. <laughs> you gotta combine them for the body count. Mm. Hold on, Phil's still texting me about the Odd Man Out episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he is, okay, so Phil is very clearly finding all of the things that I love about that show so much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait... <laughs> So can, uh, we've talked about Odd Man Out a little bit during this episode, and it does have to do with the theme. Do you want to explain the concept of the YouTube show to the audience and let them know why you find it so interesting? Why I think I did, right? Like, so the basic idea, like the r- most recent one is it's five people who are dog owners and then one person who doesn't own a dog and they're all there with a dog and they're trying to figure out who the mole is. And here's what I'll say. It's from the Jubilee channel. 
which if you know Jubilee, they also do the um wait, the like, Filipino honest... fast food chain? That's Jollibee. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> They do like the spectrum thing where it's like, do all black people think the same or do all uh, neuroatypical people think the same? And then they also do middle ground, which is like, can Republicans and Democrats find middle ground? Can sex workers and people who are anti-sex work find middle ground? So that's kind of the gist of this channel is that it's kind of the worst. It's, it's <laughs> the most like centrist bullshit on the fucking planet. They're all about trying to like understand your fellow man and... um the whole point of Odd Man Out is like a fighting stereotypes thing. But literally every single one, like, there was the one about, like, six criminals versus one undercover cop. And, like, the black dude was like, I think people were afraid to vote for me because I was the only black one there. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's like, it's, I don't know. There's the one where it's like six lesbians and, like, they all immediately team up on the one who looks the most, like, traditionally feminine. And it's like, at the end, they're all like, well... I guess I learned today that a lesbian can look like anything. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, this is so fucking heavy-handed and, like, hammy and so fucking corny. Mm, mm. So why, despite all that, do you continue to watch every single episode? Because it's so much fun. There's so <laughs> many tropes to it. There's, there'd be a very easy drinking game. Like, the thing that Phil just texted me was about how the guy who got so angry that someone would think that he was the fake one. <laughs> and that's that happens, like, every single episode. There's always the one that, like, after they get voted off, is like, I'm not the mole, but yeah, oh, I guess I'll leave. And it's like, yeah, you're out of the game, dude. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there's, like, some really iconic ones. There's the six vegans versus one secret meat eater, where there's the really annoying vegan, like, girl. Um, there's uh, the ones where, like, there, there's the really classic ones, like, who's not a black person? <laughs> there's a... Uh, there was a whole era where they did it over Zoom, which had some really fun ones where you could do like, but based on chat only, like who's, uh, who's not a woman, um, you can do those kind of things. And, uh, I think the actual show is kind of interesting in just that they're so bad at it. <laughs> it's crazy to me how like they don't really ask the right questions and it's the same tropes over and over again of like, well, this person, uh, spoke too little, so I voted them out. And then this person... They were asking all the questions in the first round, so they must be the mole. And it's it's just like over and over again, you see the folly of man. So can I ask you a question? Is there any concept you want to pitch to the uh, Jollibee channel right now? Uh, <laughs> Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee channel right now for episodes that you would like to see get made? They're at episode 67, so they've covered a lot of ground. I want to see five politicians that don't have a blackface photo that's been leaked about them, and one who <laughs> does. One that does. Um, honestly, if I was being sincere, uh, six or five uh, JPEG Mafia fans versus one non-fan, that, okay. that harkens back to the really early days where it was a lot of like, who's not a Taylor Swift fan, who's not a BTS fan, who's not a Beyonce stan or whatever. Five Steve Jobs impersonators and one bald man who's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> okay, I like that. I think the funniest one was you told me that they had an episode that was like five introverts or five extroverts in one God, secret. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. They've done, they've done both. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Like what a self-defined label that clearly is a gradient of personalities for them mm. to. I don't know. Incredible. That was another one too, where like the comments on that one worried me. <laughs> it, I, I, I don't. I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> this might get cut. It kind of worried me that there were people in the comments who were like, yes, I'm so glad they did this episode. None of my friends understand how if I hang out with them, it's going to take me two weeks to recharge and hang out with them again. I'm like, that seems pathological. That seems <laughs> that you should get that fixed. 
<laughs> None of my friends understand how if I accidentally touch a AA battery, I'm gonna discharge, and I need to spend three weeks in bed watching Netflix. It's a mental health thing. Um, let's see. I'm going through the ones that uh, right now. So six uh, atheists versus one secret Christian. That was a funny one where atheists really made it seem like atheism is a religion. They're like, well, what books do you read on atheism? And I was like, you guys are all older than 15. Why are you doing anything about being atheists? <laughs> oh, you think you're an atheist? What episodes of Penn and Teller's bullshit have you watched? <laughs> okay, tell me what season of Bill Maher's show he says the following quote, if you're really an atheist. <laughs> um some other heavy hitters i like i actually legitimately very enjoyed and have no issues with the six anime super fans versus one fake fan and the six magicians versus one fake magician is a, definitely a highlight because they actually do tricks and shit uh and also there's a kid in there that's like really good at magic that's uh super dope it's six professional nba players versus one normal guy <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the tallest most athletic looking people and just like one guy who clearly works in an office <laughs> And they're all famous, too. It's like LeBron and all the other stars. <laughs> One guy was like, Mike, he's like, yo, remember, we played each other last year. And then what would happen is that it ends up being one of the one of the tall dudes who looks super athletic. That's how they would do it on the show so that they can really fight these harmful stereotypes. The other thing that they do is they release the faces or like pictures of the people who are going to be on the episode beforehand and let people vote on Instagram for who they think the fake one is. Uh, so that the viewers can also get their uh, their notions challenged. Bro. This really feels like my obsession with John Quinones's, uh <laughs> What would you do? What would you do with John Quinones? Which is just an obsession with a show that seems to be preoccupied with judging. Well, with it, it's it, it, it's moralizing, but in a way that actually seems harmful and more judgmental. Yeah. And it's preoccupied with its own. Uh, with its own benefit to society, but oddly enough, somehow seems more harmful to society than almost anything else. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it it is interesting that a lot of it's like one of those strongly moralizing things that seems to be more like, yeah, just shitty. I think I just said the same thing four times in a row. I don't know why I do that. Hey. Oh, also shout out to the rapper one. The rapper one's really fun. Mm. They do a they do a battle round, even though a lot of rappers don't battle at all, and uh, they do a freestyle round. And that's a, that's a really fun one where like a dude gets voted off for being really bad, but sometimes rappers can be really bad at rapping and be perfectly successful. I mean, anybody who's watched Sway in the Morning knows sometimes rappers can be really bad at freestyling. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the Odd Man Out show, but uh, it plays into our third segment. So I'm glad we went through all that. But is there anything else you want to say about the general concept of being an Odd Man Out? How about you, Adrian? Did you feel like an Odd Man Out in Lexington? Yeah, definitely didn't uh, feel like an odd man out with uh, <laughs> some of my fashion choices. I was really into skinny jeans for a while. I remember um, trying out a uh, pea coat for a while. I remember uh, trying a scarf on for a while. I remember you wearing a scarf for some reason. That stood out to me. I was like, why is Adrian wearing a scarf? Who wears a scarf? Yeah, I remember Hunter <laughs> telling me, he was like, you look like Mr. Moneybags over here wearing a scarf. <laughs> I was like, it's literally from Hot Topic. <laughs> I do. That is so funny that you wearing a scarf. Like, I don't think we discussed it when we were in high school. I just remember thinking, a scarf? Okay. I <laughs> okay. see you. I see you. <laughs> So I think, I guess what I'm saying with that is that in some senses, I tried to make myself the odd man out. And mm. uh, I really explored with that as a, as a young man. One last question, Paul. 
Have you ever called someone out or suspected that someone was an odd man out in the way that we kind of described earlier? Mm, like I thought that they were lying about something and I was like, I need to. Mm -hmm. I've done that before. Okay. I feel like. Uh... Wait, never mind. This goes back to my original question of have you ever faked before where there have been situations where um, it's so it's a very long story of how a joke that Phil used to do went to me and then was filtered through Dora Lee and became a at Trader Joe's. We had the Wu-Tang Club where we would throw up W's at each other. <laughs> um, and so there was a time where one of the new employees who I really liked and who I was getting along with and we became pretty good friends were talking about it. And uh, he was like, yeah, so like, who's your favorite rapper in Wu-Tang? And that was before I had ever listened to any Wu-Tang. And so I just tried to continue the conversation <laughs> as if I knew a whole bunch about the Wu-Tang clan. Oh, I like Wu and I like Tang. But <laughs> I was like, probably RZA. And he was like, so you're a real production head then? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I assumed he rapped at some point. <laughs> he rapped a little on some songs, right? I don't <laughs> Who listens to Wu-Tang and knows who's rapping at every point? <laughs> I don't I know, mean, you but man, I just, one of those situations where I was like, okay, well now it's too late to back out. I can't just say, no, I've never actually listened to Wu-Tang. It's a weird joke that my sister does that has no origin in, in anything reality. If it's not Method Man, Old Dirty Bastard, or or Ghostface, I, there's, there's definitely a ton of verses where I don't know who's rapping at that moment. Yeah, yeah. There's only three people in it I can recognize. I, I thought RZA probably rapped at some point, too. Yeah. I mean, that happened multiple times like i think my friend roy was asking me about something about wu-tang and i may have called rizza rza at that point oh really that's awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sweet i don't know why it was that one particular thing that really stuck where i was like i feel like people see me as a hip-hop fan so i should i'm supposed to know about wu-tang so i guess i'll give it a shot so you just go wikipedia wu-tang and <laughs> pulled out i one think of the i might have wikipedia. at some point yeah <laughs> and i think that's the most salient memory i have but i've probably done that before where like sometimes if i I don't know why. That's a weird thing. That's a weird human thing about me. Sometimes I just feel like lying. <laughs> have you ever, so I don't know if I've ever called anyone out for it, but have you ever been in that situation where you can tell somebody disagrees with the group and it's like, does everybody realize, do they want, like if somebody's like a bunch of people are talking about politics and one person just gets really silent. Just like fuming. Yeah, kind of fuming. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I'm like, is everybody picking up on this or is it just me that this guy's obviously like randomly conservative and just doesn't mm -hmm. want to speak up right now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that before. All right. Want to get into articles? Well, this is from someone we brought in before. Uh, I don't remember which episode, but Harriet Cole, Sense and Sensitivity. Oh, you know what? I think she was in the um, episode we did about picky eaters. Wow. Dear Harriet, I am working on starting a podcast targeted specifically to STEM majors, science, technology, engineering, and math. The podcast began as an extra credit project for school, but all my friends and peers suggested taking the show public. I've pre-recorded the first few episodes with my co-host, who is also a STEM major. My non-STEM major friends are begging me to interview them as well. How do I tell them that they can't be on my show unless they are in the same field of study? I don't want them to feel left out, and I don't want them to feel like I don't value them. From Aerospace Engineer. In a different universe, this would be me and I would hate myself. <laughs> Put out an episode of the podcast, and when they see how boring and uncomfortable it sounds for you to be talking about your STEM shit as a student, mm -hmm. I think I think they'll back off after <laughs> being so excited. I think they'll be like, I, "I'm okay with this." I don't know. Well, I mean, how do you think that our friends still want to <laughs> come onto our show? <laughs> That's true, but I, I think the ones who really would want to already came on, and now it's like people where I'm like, "Do you want to come on?" And they're like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> That is true. Yeah, I've had to strong arm people more and more than I've had to uh, 
Yeah. And I've had people like actively request to be on. I also think a STEM podcast by a college student is almost certainly going to be incredibly boring. And once they hear an episode, they're going to like lose interest in how interested. I think people before you've actually started something like this, it sounds much more interesting. Like, ooh, he's starting a podcast. I kind of had the same thing. Have you have you told anybody about this podcast and like Big Facts No Cap and their reaction seems to be that they don't understand that a podcast is like a YouTube video that anybody can make one and put one up mm-hmm. or they're like, a podcast? How'd you do that? And it's like, you can just make one and upload it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I've really gotten that kind of reaction that often, to be honest. Oh, I've gotten a reaction where people seem to think it's much more impressive than it is. And I've had to, like, talk them down from thinking I'm a little star. (laughs) (laughs) Is this, like, people you're meeting for the first time or, like, people who know you well? You know what it was? When I first told my sister about this podcast, it was because she was talking about, she's like, you know somebody in Lexington who, uh, like, somebody from Lexington has a podcast? I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. That's so funny. (laughs) It's not like, ooh, somebody from Lexington has a podcast. Billy Bob really made it. <laughs> like she was telling me like a way like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a star from our hometown, <laughs> a big Hollyweird star. <laughs> and I, I think I've gotten similar sort of things from other people about like starting a podcast where it seemed like they thought you had, to, it was like pitching a movie to Hollywood, like you had to get mm-hmm. signed. <laughs> well, we are on Def Jam. Well, yeah, but Adrian, I, I didn't know we were going to announce that to the audience, but yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think most people I know, I guess because I'm not dealing with a lot of people of various ages. My my age range is real tight <laughs> nowadays in my physical mm-hmm. life. And so most of them are people who kind of know like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You might also just be hanging out with cooler people than me. So the idea that like... <laughs> That's true. You know, it, it, I guess it would be like in 2012 when everybody was becoming a DJ, where it's like if they thought like that actually meant you were a successful DJ instead of understanding that anybody with a MacBook and an aux could technically call themselves a DJ. All right. So should we go back to the question? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Wait, it, he's just talking to other STEM students, like even if they're not STEM students. If he has, like, a freshman STEM student on, they know as much as, like, (laughs) any of his non-STEM friends. I know, that is so funny. (laughs) Hey, Adrian, I'm a junior in computer engineering. I know a thing or two. I've seen a thing or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this person shouldn't have any friends. Yeah, why why do you have friends? They're bringing you down. They're being buzzkills. No, I mean, like, why would anyone hang out with him? Yeah, why is somebody? Why does somebody who's making a STEM podcast? How is he likable enough to have friends? That's the real mystery here. Yeah. Also, we're, we're just a weird tangent. Who is this person that's really into STEM and also really into advice columns? Who would know Harriet Cole? <laughs> yeah, why is this person writing into Harriet Cole? That is a funny person to write into. <laughs> why is he not like writing into like a uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's advice column? Space talk with Neil deGrasse. Space talk. <laughs> yeah, this person sounds obnoxious. It's it's crazy. He's an aerospace engineer. It is so funny when people identify with STEM so hard. As me and you are also in STEM, I can tell mm-hmm. you, make some friends outside of STEM. <laughs> Don't like you should make those friends. You should keep those friendships. The people in STEM, not that cool. Yeah. So, what's your advice as a successful podcaster to this guy? Do you think he's doing the right thing by sticking really hard to, like, what his shtick is? My advice to this guy is to change his personality completely and utterly, top to bottom. Mm. I want, like, a makeout—I uh, want, like, a makeover scene from a movie where the ugly be- girl mm. becomes hot. 
for his personality. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say get out of podcasting. It's full. Yeah. Paul and I closed the door <laughs> on our way in. <laughs> we made the last podcast. There's no more. There, we, we, we got the last gigabyte on the iTunes server. It's like there's no more room. If anybody is going to do a podcast where they interview STEM people, it's going to be Jillian Jacobs and Alice Wetterland. It's not going to be you fucking dorks. Does she have a show where she interviews STEM people? She has a podcast where she interviews STEM people, yeah. I think I got her co-host wrong, but uh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's her, I, I want to listen show, to yeah. that. That sounds so unnecessary. <laughs> Hold on. Let me actually see who... Yeah, yeah. Leave it to Jonathan Van Ness and leave it to Jillian Jacobs, but I can't remember who her, uh, her co-host is. It is Jillian Jacobs and Diana Resinover. It's so funny being a celebrity. For, like, just any actress can apparently just start a podcast and have a built-in audience. It's incredible. Unlike us, who are building our way from the bottom, this empire, this podcasting start empire. Start up now we're here. Wait, we can't do Drake songs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not after what we said about him. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my advice. Leave it, leave it to Jillian and leave it to Jonathan. I, I think that's killer advice. You want to get into this answer? Dear Aerospace Engineer. Also, I have no idea what to expect from Harriet Cole. So let's, uh, I don't even know if she knows what a podcast is. I think it's going to be a mixture of what Harriet Tubman would answer and what J. Cole would answer. But that's just my first guess. First things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther King would have been on Dreamville. Talk to me. <laughs> and then whatever Harriet Tubman would say. <laughs> I don't really have her voice captured. To the Underground uh, Railroad. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how they did it, is they announced it as loudly as possible. <laughs> they were headed into the Underground Railroad. Yo, the Underground Railroad is this way. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> or my name is Harry and <laughs> oh, I love that quote. Uh, one day I'll be able to buy you approximately one gram of weed. <laughs> It'll be a $20 bill. <laughs> but for some reason, people will talk about it for a long time, but I'll never come out and actually be there. <laughs> or my name isn't Harry. <laughs> Thank your friends for their support for your podcast. Invite them to take a listen so that they get a sense of what you're doing. Feel free to tell them that, at least for now, as you are developing your podcast, that the type of guest you're looking for to interview is someone specifically interested in science, technology, engineering, and math. Be sure to acknowledge that this doesn't mean that other areas of interest aren't good. It just means that your show's focus is limited to these categories. Holy shit, she gets paid to do this. Yeah, that's so boring. Well, shit. Yeah, that was nothing. Goddamn. All right. Yeah, it does seem like... It, it, I think the reason we just talked about bullshit is because it felt like such a nothing question. Like, how could... Like, what? Say no. I don't know. Homie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, it's for STEM people? So mine comes from actually a brand new column, one we have never done before. It's called Office Politics. It seems like they always have a different person answering the question, and they always give really in-depth answers. Um, so it's from officepolitics.com, so it's a website based around this advice column. So you know, in your column, we didn't really concentrate too much on the odd man out aspect. I think mine's maybe a little bit more uh, explicitly on Oh, theme. yeah. Yeah, mine was about being like a STEM major in a be yeah, you get yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. I I get why it works, <laughs> but mine's maybe a little bit more explicitly on point. All right, all right. Um, Let's see what you got. So, dear office politics. 
I began working in a center at my law school in a temporary position immediately after graduating and began a formal two-year fellow position last summer. I'm hoping to build a career here long-term. However, the directors have a click. Among the center staff, that is quite close, and I am regularly excluded from the group. Last evening, for instance, I was excluded from a dinner party. Paul, the professor for whom I work directly, was invited. So it's not that this was unrelated to my program, as well as the brand new program assistant, who is technically my subordinate and only 24 years old. So it's not that this was older senior staff only. The clique is a mix of professors and other fellows, ranging in age from late 20s like me to late 40s. I am not the only staff member who is excluded from the dominant clique, and I even know why others are disliked from comments I have heard, but I have no idea why I'm on the outs. To be honest, I would rather spend time with my own friends than with these people, but worry that there are professional costs to being disliked and outside of the loop. I am wondering whether I should ask Paul about this. He can be a domineering terror, and we are not friends by any measure, but he does seem to take genuine interest in my professional future and success in particular in keeping me here working with him. Another option would be to ask Professor Carolyn, who is closer to my age and colleague with whom I am most friendly. Both are, however, in the dominant clique, so I cannot be sure that they would not be irritated and just report back to the others to disparage me further. What would you experts advise in this situation? Uh, yeah, that's always uh, really annoying that, uh, that sentiment of, I don't want to be a part of this group, but there are consequences to me not being a part of this group. Having to navigate that world is frustrating, you know? Mm-hmm. And I agree with her. I've I've often been in situations where, like, I don't want to be a part of a social group, but I feel like I have to try to be, or it's, like, awkward mm-hmm. or potentially, like, have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they've been able to overhear them discussing why they don't like the other people who are excluded... It's probably a safe bet that other people who are excluded know why he's being excluded. So just ask somebody. Damn, that's the logic right there. You Ben Shapiro'd this question. Yeah, dude. If they're like, yeah, what we don't like about him is like he never comes in on Fridays wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses being all cool. <laughs> that's awesome. He's always burn noticing it. He's always showing up mm-hmm. looking like a CIA agent who's been burned and needs to form a new identity. Exactly. Wearing a floral t-shirt and aviators. You don't. You do love the USA Network. <laughs> Second only to Ted Lasso in your heart. <laughs> man, this is as office politics-y as it gets, man. This is the type of stuff where, like, God, I'm glad I don't have to deal with this. Well, I mean, but this can also happen in, like, grad school programs, I'm sure, too, right? Oh, absolutely, but I don't care. <laughs> so, But I totally get where this person is coming from, where it can feel. Well, this one seems much more professional. Yeah. All the ones I'm talking about, for me, it's all social, like... There are certain things where, like, I guess maybe if you get to spend more time with a professor than other people do, then that might be better for your career. But, like, I don't know. None of that really matters that much to me. Mm. But this is a much more direct, like, there's clearly an in-group and an out-group. And if decisions had to be made, this is probably going to be taken into account a bit. Yeah. Because that's the best advice I have for a career, for anybody, is that uh, do not oh, underestimate how much people make decisions based on who they just want to be around. Yeah, no, that's very true. How do you yeah. think they can worm their way into the liked group? Like I said, figure out what they don't like about you and change everything about you they don't like and make sure that you assimilate to their needs. That sounds hard. Do you think he could buy a ping pong table? Ooh. <laughs> Be a ping pong table guy? <laughs> yeah. And like have like a lock on it so like you can only play if you ask him to hang out? <laughs> exactly. Or maybe keep it at his house and just like invite one person over and word will spread that, that you have a ping pong table. Mm. 
I like that. I like people that. love like a ping pong table. They'll want to come over and hang out with you. Okay. So these are lawyers, right? Yeah. What do lawyers like? Weird sex. That's true. That's probably what they're doing at these parties. <laughs> that is true. They're, it's probably all the kinky people. That's probably true. And if that's the case, then you gotta, you know, get used to things being put in places and putting things in your places and you putting stuff in places and you gotta be down to clown. I've been doing a lot of research about this, so I have some pointers for them. Mm-hmm. Step one, cut a hole in the box. Step two, put your dick hey, in the box. Hey, Adrian, like, like you were saying about your bee research was infecting them with diseases, don't give away my research on pot. <laughs> False research. <laughs> He has an MLA formatted document, an annotated bibliography about it. <laughs> so you said you have experience with this, Paul. So what's your real life experience and, and your, uh, what's your real life advice? My experience is not that I've ever felt excluded, but it's been where I felt like, you know, everybody's going to get drinks after work or there's like a big crew of mm -hmm. people who I work with that it's like everybody's going to do a certain thing. And I like who come on, like it's 40 year old men programmers that I work mm -hmm. with. I would rather go home and hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. But it's like you feel compelled to do it because you don't want to be the like the buzzkill who doesn't go to those things. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Cause that's where all the real work. Gets you don't from. want to be the non-team player. You, you end up going to it and it sucks because you're not friends with the people and you don't really care to be around them. But you just kind of have to. Like, I remember being at a bar with a guy, and he was showing me, like, a video of a guy. It was, like... He's showing you a video of, like, a skateboarder who skateboards onto a rake that hits him in the nuts. <laughs> I wish, man. That would have been so funny. I would have loved that guy so much. That would have been awesome. This guy was showing me, like, singing comedy. It was, like, a video where he's like, my friend just sent me this, Ugh. and it's so funny. It was, like, a guy with a guitar complaining about his wife. Ugh. Oh, God. And it was, like, literally, like, it was, like the worst comedy you've ever heard and it was just like something about dude i got asked about that recently when uh i was talking to uh, an older person about me doing improv they were like so what kind of jokes do you guys usually go for like jokes about how you don't like your wife and i was like no we try and stay away from boomer humor <laughs> in our improv <laughs> i thought it was so funny that that was her reference point <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna send you the video so you can listen to it now and i'm gonna cut it out of the uh i'm gonna cut it out of the audio or cut it into the audio. So here you go. You want to listen to this together? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tim Hawkins, things you don't say to your wife. All right, starting now. Hey, honey, it's have a parody you song? Some weight in your uh, is it a parody of something? I don't know. You me yeah, of time of your life. This is Green Day. <laughs> and where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty late. You stop talking cause I'm trying to watch the oh, game If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life These are the things you don't say to your wife I planned a hunting trip next week on your birthday I didn't ask you but I knew it'd be okay Go make some dinner while I watch this fishing show I taped oh, it over shit. our old wedding video. Why would you... Is this like a, because I had to sit through this, you have to sit through this? Like, why are you like, why are you inflicting this on me? To show you, somebody you're working with shows you this video, Adrian. How do you react? Because are you faking a laugh? Are you going, oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh man, you know, despite my earlier characterization as combative, when it comes to older people, I'm combative with people my same age because I feel like they should be in the groove and they should be with it. 
when it's with older people i will sometimes like ashamedly just fake laugh just to get <laughs> that's what so i did probably what i, would I was do. like huh, yeah, yeah. D- totally i don't have a wife so i don't get it but <laughs> i think i pointed Ooh. that out like why the fuck are you showing me this <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't have, to, I don't have to ask anybody about my hunting trips. I'm a free man. <laughs> I'm a free man. I could go kill a deer, whatever I want. In fact, I do. <sighs> Jesus Christ, that was terrible. So I keep that strap on me. I, if I see a deer on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your advice then? Just quit your job? Um. Yeah. No. My advice is honestly, you're probably better off. Like it sucks, but like I don't know. Like if you're a very career oriented person, then hopefully your quality of work will pull you through and otherwise i think you actually have the right attitude these things suck like count yourself lucky (laughs) yeah all right you ready for this answer you ready to get some of this professional advice on how he should handle it yeah i can't imagine how you can write that long of an answer to this but let's uh let's see you raise a very interesting dilemma and one that perplexes many why are you being excluded from the director's dinner party it doesn't sound fair does it Let me float a theory. You wrote, to be honest, I would rather spend time with my own friends than these people, but worry that there are professional costs to being disliked and outside of this loop. That's very revealing. You'd rather hang out with your friends, but you're willing to forego the pleasure if it helps you climb the ladder? Sounds to me like you're seeking entry to their circle, not based on genuine friendship, but solely based on what you want to get out of it. You view the click as a power lever to open doors for you in your career. You're not alone in the attitude, but it does sound selfish and self-serving, doesn't it? How can we flip this around and make you likable enough that the clique will want to hang out with you? So far, I'm going to say hating this answer. Yep. So now we've we've gotten to the first subsection titled, Birthday Party with My 75 Closest and Dearest Friends. Let me tell you about a milestone birthday party I went to the other night. It was an old friend who is in the top 100 most powerful female executive lists nationally. Ugh. What is that? Oh my god, that's disgusting. At one point, the friend's spouse came up to the microphone to thank everyone for attending. Robert said, When I spoke to Catherine and told her we were going to organize this party, she made one thing very clear. She didn't want any business associates invited. Just 75 friends. So since we're friends, you may not know all her business accomplishments. Let me give you some highlights. Robert's comments got a big laugh from everyone. Was it true that there was no business associates in the crowd? No. The majority had met Catherine because of a corporate board that they'd been on together, or some other joint business endeavor over the years. The room was chock full of VIPs, but it was a nice thing to do. It made people relax. They weren't there because they were the head of a major bank or any other business reason. They were there because they were Catherine's friend. And his comment about her friends not knowing her business accomplishments was a nice excuse to trumpet her achievements without seeming too bold. People naturally want to do business with people they trust. Over time, many business relationships deepen with friendships. Business is largely personal. I agree with that last subsection, but God, that first paragraph was awful. That was just... Are you kidding me? I hated all of that top to bottom. God. No, I think the bottom thing was what I was saying about how people are always going to just gravitate to people they actually like spending time to, but... I really hated the part about how it's a nice excuse to trumpet her business accomplishments. I'm sorry. If at your birthday, you want to hear about your work. That is psychotic. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. care how powerful of a VIP you are. Hey, you don't make it to the Forbes list without being a little psychotic, Paul. I, if Bill Gates is having people list off his Microsoft accomplishments at his birthdays, that's weird as fuck. Like, even the most successful yeah. person in the world, that is weird. 
Okay, and now we're at the final subsection, Adrian, entitled Earning Entry to the Click. Office mm-hmm. Politics Advisor Rick Brandon, in his reply to you, suggested some great strategies to entry to this click. His idea to find ways to be genuinely helpful is exactly what I would recommend, too. Maybe if you did things for others without thinking of what you'll get in return, they would begin to trust you. Gradually, they'd let down their guard and you'd gain access to the inner circle. Dr. David Schwartz wrote that we are lifted to success by those around us. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Friends naturally want to help each other. Make friends by being helpful, genuine, and sincere, and your career will blossom. Then one day, maybe you'll be able to say, I don't want any business associates at my birthday party, just my 75 closest and dearest friends. Thanks for writing to Office Politics. Best, signed Frankie James, MFA, editor and founder of OfficePolitics.com, inventor of the Office Politics copyrighted game. Uh, well, that was the worst thing ever. Yeah, that was uh, depressing. Yeah, did not like that. So wait, what was their advice? Be nice and stop prioritizing your friends? Hopefully one day you won't have any real friends that you like, but you'll invite 75 people that you've worked with in the past to your birthday party. Hopefully one day you'll have completely rid yourself of any genuine human friendship. Yeah, that's the goal. It's crazy that I referenced uh, American Psycho earlier because this is the most fucking American Psycho thing I've ever read. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty true. Like, Jesus. All right, Polly boy, I know you're clamoring for a third seggy, and this one's a doozy. This is a game I like to call Odd Man Out. In this room with me are six fake Adrians and one real Adrian. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I figured that a type of person where you usually have a lot of information about them, besides your friends and family, are celebrities. And so I know you're not a big celebrity guy, but these are... Big celebrities who everyone knows a little thing or two about, and sometimes they have some fun and kooky and quirky things about them, and so what I did is I paired three celebrities together. For the thing that I'm going to ask you about, it applies to two of them, but not one of them. Okay. And you need to figure out who is the odd man out. Okay, I like this. I like this. And we're going to do ten. How many do you think you're going to get right? Ten. All right. I like the confidence. So first number is number seven. And if you need me to explain who the celebrity is, I can. Probably. I also am not good with celebrities. <laughs> so these are three celebrities. Figure out the odd man out. These three celebrities all have a twin. Mm. Or do they? Number one, Jesse Smollett. Number two, Rami Malik. Number three, Scarlett Johansson. I'm going to say... The odd man out is going to be Rami Malek because I feel like I would have heard him mention it or it would have been in one of his show because he has an autobiographical show. So it feels like it would have gotten into that show, especially because his main. Do you know who Rami Malek is? Oh, am I? Is that not Rami? Um, That's not Rami. Damn. This is R-A-M-I. This is the guy from iRobot. Oh, and, uh... shit. The guy from. Oh, is he the hacker from that show about hackers? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I forgot. He was also in the Queen. uh, Yeah. Oh, that guy could. That guy might have a twin. And then we had Scarlett Johansson. She's so famous. I feel like I would have heard that. Skojo, baby. Um, who was the first one again? Jesse Smollett. Oh shit. You know, I don't think I would know that about him. Okay, so I'll just go with the most famous person in this case because I feel like that's a person where maybe I would have heard it as a fun fact. Mm. Uh, So I'm gonna go with Scar. 
Jesse Smollett. Oh, you think Scarlett Johansson is the most famous? <laughs> All right, Scarlett Johansson is your choice. Paul, you are zero and one. Damn. Scarlett Johansson has a fraternal twin, a brother. Oh, a fraternal um, twin. That's barely a twin. I thought you meant identical. I did not say identical. Rami Malik has an identical twin, I believe. Jesse Smollett has a sister who is famous and around the same age, but not his twin. Damn. Okay, so this is a pretty fun one. These are three actors who tried out for SNL. Okay. Or did they? Number one, Jennifer Aniston. Ooh. Number two, Aubrey Plaza. Number three, Johnny Knoxville. I feel like it's a trick one because you want me to say Jennifer Aniston. Aubrey Plaza clearly did. That's very obvious. I feel like you want me to say... Oh, what's your reasoning there? I guess she's young, comedy-oriented. She's not really a sketch comic, but I get, okay, I feel what you're saying. Okay, I think she would have tried out at some point in Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, it just makes sense, she's comedy-oriented. I feel like Jennifer Aniston is a trick one. It seems obvious that it would be her, but I feel like she wasn't famous before Friends, right? So maybe she just, like, on a whim, and it's like a funny story about her pre-fame years that on a whim she tried out for snl then johnny knoxville i don't know i just i guess to me it, he seems too much of a wild card to want to like try out for a job that's like a you have to show up every day he, he doesn't seem like he would want a nine to five mm. so that's my reasoning all right johnny knoxville yeah polly boy you're on the board nice jennifer aniston famously uh well actually this one's a little bit weird because it's unclear whether or not she got rejected or whether or not she took the job at friends but i think largely it's reported that she was rejected Aubrey Plaza was rejected. Johnny Knoxville was offered a job without auditioning. So, uh, yeah, the uh, very particular wording I used was tried out for SNL. Johnny Knoxville did not, but he got offered a job. Oh, cool. A little fun fact for that one. All right. So this category, we put together three celebrities who were in a band at some point in their life. One, Christian Bale. Two, Macaulay Culkin. Three, Jason Schwartzman. And do you need any of those people explained? No, I know who all of those are. I mean, I Macaulay Culkin seems like obvious. Like, what are you going to do post? He's going to be in a band. Mm -hmm. Post fame, what are you going to do? You're a kid. Like, exactly. You're going to fuck around with your friends, start a band. Now, once again, I'm thinking you probably did the same thing as before, trickery. Which is like, it seems obvious that Jason Schwartzman would be in a band. And it seems obvious that Christian Bale wouldn't be. So I'm going to say the opposite. Paul, are you learning about challenging your stereotypes in this uh, in this game? Ooh, about odd man. That's out. how exactly. I learned that no matter what you look like, you can be in a band. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's Jason Schwartzman who was never in a band, even though he looks like he would have been in some sort of weird like indie rock outfit while in college. Polly boy, you got that one wrong. Damn it. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was in a band that played Velvet Underground song covers about pizza and jason swartman jason swartzman was a drummer for phantom planet which actually had some successful music before he was an actor or i guess Damn. during when he was so i was right it made no sense yeah so i guess that was uh, my stereotype was on yeah so you're telling me christian bale didn't do that thing where he like gained a lot of weight so he could sing aretha franklin songs <laughs> that he would like <laughs> he would lose a lot of weight so he could sing like them. a natural woman <laughs> And then he would get real skinny to do uh, a Marilyn Manson covers. All right, Paul, today we've assembled three celebrities who have or have held 
No, I think this one is has currently a world record from Guinness. Okay. Hannibal Birth definitely does. Does he really? Yeah. For biggest game of tag to advertise oh, the movie right, tag. Right, right, right. Well, I definitely don't have him on here, and I'm going to quickly search a different person. Uh, <laughs> we have Zoe Deschanel, Snoop okay. Dogg, and Vin Diesel. Snoop Dogg almost certainly has some sort of comic thing about like most amount of weed smoked or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm taking him out of the running. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoe Deschanel or Vin Diesel? So now in the game, it's you and Snoop Dogg voting someone else out. You guys are teaming up. You guys are talking yeah, to each other. Yeah, we're teaming He's out. like, It's the Vinny Double D. I think the thing with Zoe Deschanel is because she was in, what was her band? Like, Her and Him or whatever. Yeah, or something she like that. Her I've heard about them tangentially. I, I would think that maybe she has, like, a wide enough variety of interests that she would end up in. Like, you know, if she's already done two big things, like, mm-hmm. had a successful band and been a successful actress. Maybe she's done a third thing I don't know mm-hmm. about. The uh, old triple threat. Maybe she has... You know what I mean? Maybe she's a little bit of a Donald Glover. Maybe she just keeps trying new things because it's fun. A little bit of a Donald Glover? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a Donald Glover. Maybe she got, like, really good at Donkey Kong and beat the high score or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's tight. Uh, so I'll go with Vin Diesel. I'll go with Vin Diesel. Although maybe he would have something to do with working out, but I don't know. He doesn't seem like that particularly, like... Snoop Dogg has the Guinness World Record for largest gin and juice ever made. Uh, he made like a 500 okay. liter uh, paradise cocktail with some other people at a uh, an event. Zoe Deschanel does not have a world record. Damn it. Vin Diesel, on his post as a tribute to Paul Walker, created the post on Facebook with the most amount of likes ever recorded. Vin Diesel has the world record for most liked Facebook posts. I just, I would have expected it to be somebody from a country with, like, a really high population. A lot of international Fast and Furious fans. That's kind of one of their, like, marketing things. Mm, that's true. That's true. So it's not Optimus Prime because there's a big China market for the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for the next one? Um, oh, I do not have this one labeled. Okay, there we go. I don't remember it was this person. Which one of these three celebrities that we've brought together is not anti-vax? Okay. We have Kim Kardashian. Mayim Bailik and Gwyneth Paltrow. Kim Kardashian is not anti-vax. Gwyneth Paltrow almost certainly is because of Goop. I don't know who Mayim Bailik is. She plays... Oh, wait, wait. Is she the nerdy one? Yeah, she's the one who's going into Jeopardy. But who does she play on Big Bang Theory? Is it Bazinga's girlfriend? She plays Sheldon's girlfriend. She plays Bazinga's girlfriend. She plays Bazinga's. (laughs) And she's going on to Jeopardy, so there's no way she's anti-vax because they wouldn't have made her the new Jeopardy host. Because they already got in trouble for making a problematic guy the first Jeopardy host mm. to replace Alex Trebek. So her and Kim Kardashian are not anti-vax. Gwyneth Paltrow certainly is. Kim Kardashian uh, came out very early in the pandemic as very pro-wear a mask, wash your hands. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, likewise, made very public Facebook posts about, uh, or an Instagram post, about wearing a mask and being safe during travel. Mayim Bialik, however, has apparently uh, adopted a strong naturalistic parent stance, which involves uh, hesitancy, and even though she's gone on record trying to deny it, some pretty anti-vax sentiments in things that she said in the past. Wait, shit. I think I might have actually heard about this. Fuck. And it's something people brought up about her being a Jeopardy host. So she claims she's not. I didn't spend a whole lot of time researching this. This is the last one that I put together. And I wanted to find someone who would be a surprising person. And I so maybe I'm being unfavorable to her, but I'm going to 
allow it for the no, end. no, because she's also written some really weird things on Facebook. Like she's about also the shared like books and stuff from people who are explicitly anti-vax. And she did that thing that a lot of people do, which is like they like they want to crucify you for thinking independently, man. You know, shout out to her. She's really breaking glass ceilings here because usually it's annoying men who do that. So shout out to her, really bringing that in to letting a woman really take to that. To the lane. neuroscience PhDs. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, why is it people who are obsessed with the brain? Why is it Jordan Petersons and people like her who are just the most fucking obnoxious people in the world? Shout out to a honorary person who I was gonna put in there, which I thought was gonna be too easy, was uh, Bill Maher. All right, Paul. Together we have brought three celebrities who have all been charged with a crime involving drugs. Find the odd man out. We present to you Bill Murray, Stephen Fry, Tim Allen. And for our audience, I think Stephen Fry is uh, maybe the least known, but Paul clearly knows him, a British comedian and uh, host of QI. Stephen Fry had a troubled childhood, so I'm sure he's been charged for drugs. Uh, Sorry, who are the other people? Bill Murray, Tim Allen. Tim Allen's Tim Allen famously been charged for drugs, so I'm going to put Bill Murray. Bill Murray has not been charged for drugs. Okay. Really quick one. Uh, Paul? Incorrect. Uh, was Stephen Fry, did he just steal 20, like he stole money or something? Stephen was Fry was charged for credit for? card fraud, not for a yeah, drug Yeah, damn crime. it. Bill Murray, when he was 20, was charged with a crime for trying to bring 10 pounds of pot onto a plane. And then Tim Allen, as he said, very famously, got caught with a lot of cocaine. <laughs> yeah he was like he was probably the most legitimate criminal who's famous like tim allen other than well, maybe uh, the guy who plays machete oh danny trejo <laughs> <laughs> danny trejo right he was actually part of like a gang mm-hmm. and then tim allen would also be up there for like actually trafficking cocaine and then of course the like multitude of people uh, accused of sex crimes but these yeah. are crimes that are more fun than sex crimes these are drug crimes these are drug crimes that's much more fun all right paul this one might be a little bit easier who knows this is three celebrities that we brought together and only one of them despite all of them working as american actors was born in the u.s okay we have antonio banderas sylvester stallone and Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, I think, was famously born in Russia or like Ukraine or something. Antonio Banderas or Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone has a little bit more of an accent than Antonio Banderas. More of a lisp than an accent, I think. Right? I can't really tell. Oh, am I? I I, I don't really know Sylvester I don't really Stallone know that well. Yeah, I never watched Rocky. Antonio Banderas also kind of has an accent, so it maybe since he definitely does have a little bit of an accent, then I have to go Sylvester Stallone since you pointed out it might be more of a lisp than an accent. You know what? I'm going to go Antonio Banderas. He was the one born in the U.S. All right, Polly Boy, how's your goal looking so far? 10 out of 10, I don't think I'm going to make it. Antonio Banderas was born in Malaga, Spain. Uh, Mila Kunis was born in Ukraine, and Sylvester Stallone was born in the U.S., Oh, damn. In so New it York. is a lisp. He, yeah. he speaks perfect English. I just <laughs> cannot tell the difference between an accent and lisp. All right. This are uh, today, Paul, on Odd Man Out, we have brought you three celebrities who have all legally changed their names. Or have they? John Stewart. Okay. You're just, I, we, do not, we do not have him ready to bring out, but if you want us to, we can find John Leibowitz. <laughs> So this is a fun uh, connection to earlier. We have Grimes. We okay. have Rihanna. 
and we have Whoopi Goldberg. And again, this is not about stage names. This is about legally changed their real name. I have no idea what Rihanna's legal name is, so I have no idea if she's changed it. She seems old school, though. She seems like she would have changed it if she got married. Uh, we Whoopi don't mean Goldberg. in that sense either, though. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I think Grimes almost certainly has. She's a weirdo. She's almost certainly changed her name mm-hmm. to, like, uh, you know, whatever, like, Angel's Child. Honestly, I'm not sure on this one. It's such a toss-up. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Whoopi Goldberg has never legally changed her name. Wait, 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 wait. A black lady named Goldberg. Never mind. Rewind, rewind, rewind. That doesn't feel right. <laughs> okay. That's a Jewish name. Okay. Um, <laughs> Do you like that reasoning? Never mind. We're sticking with Whoopi Goldberg. Your reaction seems like you were too happy about me <laughs> going from wrong to from right to wrong. Um, okay, Paul, you are correct. Grimes changed her name from Claire to just the lowercase letter C, uh, denoting light speed. Awesome. Awesome. Not at all a stupid thing for a stupid person to do. Whoopi Goldberg changed her first name from Corinne <laughs> to Whoopi about a joke about something about letting it all out like a Whoopi cushion. Goldberg is her actual last name, and she kept it very <laughs> intentionally <laughs> to keep part of her family with her. Rihanna has the middle name rihanna and that's that's just what that is <laughs> um so i was wrong uh, you, you said i was right you were right about grimes you were wrong about the question sorry i like doing those little flips and twists in the the way that, you know <laughs> you know like when you have to do like a third place second place first place and you announce third place and then first place that way you can kind of go straight to like you people have to assume who's second place yeah I brought together three people from Hollyweird, am I right? And you have to decide which one of these is the odd man out who is not a Scientologist. Okay, okay. Nancy Cartwright, uh, famously who, I don't know who that voice is. of Bart and other people on The Simpsons. Oh, okay. She seems like she would be. Elizabeth Moss. Um, She's, she's on Mad Men, I think. Mad Men, okay. She does some other stuff. And uh seems like an oddly specific one, so I'm gonna go ahead and say she probably is. Megan Fox. And Megan Fox. I think Megan Fox is not a Scientologist. Okay, Paul, so so far you have a score of two points and one question left. For this one, I wanted to do something a little bit fun. I'm going to give you your three people first and then give you the category second. Okay. Alright. So this is Orlando Brown, uh famously uh Raven's best friend in That's a Raven as well as doing some other child uh, role acting. This is uh, Jaleel White, uh, a.k.a. Urkel. Uh, and then this is Taj Maori, a.k.a. Smart Guy, had a stint on Full House, uh, as well as he was Tia and Tamara's uh, cousin in uh, Sister Sister. Which one of them is black? All three of them are black, if that helps you. But that is a good idea for a category. The category is, find the odd men out, who hasn't been the voice of sonic the hedgehog oh my god (laughs) i feel like i would have known if the actor for urkel played sonic the hedgehog that feels like it would have been a fun fact the other two are obscure enough that that wouldn't have been a fun fact. i don't like that at all taj maori and orlando brown deserve some goddamn respect on their name dude um so i'm gonna go with the guy who played urkel whose name i've already forgotten (laughs) jaleel white and also at no point does sonic say did i do that (laughs) (laughs) Every time you crash and all the gold rings come spilling out of Sonic, he's like, did I do that? (laughs) And Knuckles is like, oh boy, living next to you as my neighbors is hard. (laughs) 
All right. Yeah, that's my guess. All right. Jamil White. Something, something, you must be Urkel because your wind's low. Um, Damn it. Jaleel White played Sonic in the 1994 Sonic Underground series. Taj Mari played the 90s Sonic, young Sonic character in a single episode of Sonic the Hedgehog. And Orlando Brown has never voiced Sonic the Hedgehog. I should have known because you would have, I feel like my logic should have been who would have Adrian picked out knowing what sort of media me and adrian intake and i should have known you would have gone to that so raven <laughs> because that's i think my logic would have been that i think orlando was old enough to where i would have known when he like voiced sonic you know I, I don't know anyways paul you end the quiz with a score of two out of ten which is uh commendable and if you want a fun little fact about your playstyle. On only two occasions did you, or three occasions, you chose the uh, not last person who I, I, I mentioned. On seven occasions, you chose the last person. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. Big facts, no cappuccinos. What you got, Paul? Big fact. Sometimes when it comes to celebrities, it's tough to know what facts about them are real because there's so much fake facts out there. It's like, who even knows? There's fake news. There's Donald Trump. There's Russia. It's like, it's tough, man. Who who voiced Sonic the Hedgehog? Who knows that, man? Just live a good life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, who powerful. cares? Who cares if you lost the game and you feel embarrassed and you only got two out of ten? I mean, I feel don't like lost is it. a really like soft word for how badly you like don't don't worry about metaphorically it. went on a skateboard and then what? did like a rail grind adrian, and then went onto a rake and let, then the adrian, rake went adrian, up and slapped you in the nuts adrian, adrian i'll let, i'll <laughs> let you speak during your no cap this is big okay, fact okay, right okay, now okay, okay. No, sorry okay who cares there's a lot going on in this world russia's hacking the elections there's a war in syria and yemen right now man we can't can't care about this this is small potatoes don't feel bad about yourself love it okay that's big facts yeah Cool. And my no cap is uh, if you feel like an odd man out, if you feel like a fish out of water, the first thing you need to think about, what pond are you in, bro? Do you want to fit in? Do you want to be in that pond? Or do you want to be a fish out of water there? You know what I mean? All right. Cool, Adrian. I like that. That made sense to me. All right, bruh. All right, bro. Bye, buddy. Bye. Hey, honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? The dress you wear reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Would you stop talking cuz I'm trying to watch the game? If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. I planned a hunting trip next week on your birthday. I didn't ask you, but I knew it'd be okay. Go make some dinner while I watch this fishing show. I taped it over our old wedding video. If you're a man who's done that, a long and happy life, there's all the pursuits to you. Solo. Okay. Your cooking is okay, but not like mother makes. The diamond in the ring I bought you is a fake. Your eyes look puffy, dear. Are you feeling ill? Happy anniversary, I bought you a treadmill. If <laughs> you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, that too. These are the things you don't say to If you're a man who doesn't want to get killed with a knife, these are the things you don't say to you.